Thor, mighty god of thunder. Who is this kid? Barney got Fred's pebbles! My pebbles? Barney! The Hart Family Nursery comes with everything you see here. New from Mattel. Autobots, transform and roll out! Peanut Butter Crunch, the peanut butter taste you love. Sit, boo boo, sit. Good dog. Hey everyone, welcome to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. I am Pete, this is my wife Stacy. Hey, so this is our little attempt at taking you guys back to the feeling of strolling down the aisles at Toys R Us, of flipping through the JCPenney's catalog, earmarking everything that you want for Christmas, cozying up in front of the television on a Saturday morning with a big bowl of cereal, or waiting for hours for a certain song to play on the radio so that you can hit record on your tape player. That feeling has definitely been a comfort and has helped us get through the stress and anxiety that comes along with everything happening in the world today. And we hope that it helps you a little bit too. So what's in your bowl this week? I think it would have to be Fruity Pebbles this week because they are yabba dabba delicious. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tongue twister. (laughs) Pull it off. (laughs) That'll yabba-dabba-doo. <laughs> yabba-dabba-doo, yeah. Oh, yabba-dabba-doo. <laughs> what would you have in that bowl? For me, this week, I think it would be another Captain Crunch. Your favorite. My favorite, but peanut butter Captain Crunch. I love that cereal. Not loved. Love, love. still, currently. <laughs> that cereal. It it's so in our good. pantry right now. I, I feel like it's never changed. I, I love it so much. I can literally eat uh, half a box in a sitting if I let myself. Like, it's so good. But, you know, I started, that love started back in the 80s when my, my stepmom would bring it home. And I was like, what is this magic cereal? <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> Put it in my mouth. <laughs> so this was a fun week for us because we chose to cover a movie that we both actually loved as kids, mm-hmm. which kind of surprised me. <laughs> It's Adventures in Babysitting, and I thought that I'd be forcing you to watch it when I suggested it, but turns out you saw it a million times. Yes, little did you know that it was one of my favorite books. I didn't even know that a book existed. I feel kind of gypped. It was an absolute (laughs) novelization of the movie. It had the same cover as the VHS. I mean, it was the movie story almost frame by frame and i read it reread it because i was super lazy and i didn't (laughs) want to walk a half mile to the library to get another book so it was one (laughs) of the 40 books in my bookshelf that i would constantly reread but yeah i I loved it i love the image of little pete walking to the library (laughs) i love the library so cute it was amazing (laughs) There's so much to do there. You know how many dinosaurs I read about there? Just constantly dinosaurs all the time. And adventures in babysitting. No, that was my book. I didn't have to go to the library for that. Oh. That was in my library. I see. Down here. 
(laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't seen Adventures in Babysitting, it's about a teenage girl who's babysitting two kids begrudgingly because her boyfriend canceled on her. Mm Mm-hmm. She thinks it's just going to be a boring night until she gets a call from her friend Brenda, who has now run away from home. Randomly. Very randomly. (laughs) And she is at a bus station in downtown Chicago, freaking out. Uh, Chris goes to pick her up, and the kids talk her into taking them, too, which I guess it's more like... Yeah, they threaten her. They threaten her. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely threaten her. (laughs) All of them do, in one way, shape, or form. (laughs) What can we hang over your head? Mm -hmm. So this turns into a definite adventure. They get a flat tire. They have to dodge bullets. (laughs) They accidentally get into a stolen car and taken to a chop shop. It was amazing. I didn't even know what a chop shop was when I was a kid, so this was... Extra scary. Yeah. Uh, they have to run away from the head guys there. They get in the middle of a gang fight on the train. I always forget about the gang I fight. I know. I mean, he, there's a stabbing. <laughs> An actual stabbing. <laughs> they have to go sing their way out of a blues bar, which is actually fun. Yeah. They attend a frat party. They hang off the side. One of them hangs off the side of a building. A skyscraper. <laughs> a skyscraper. And... Somehow they managed to still go pick up their friend, get back home in the burbs before the kids' parents get home, clean the house, and appear as if nothing has happened. Straight out 80s. Magic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to add yeah. that that building, that like the Anderson's party, okay. is that it's, it's actually called the Crane Communications Building, but I have always referred to it, and I think probably anybody who's watched the movie refers to it. As the Adventures in Babysitting building. And it's the one that has like that sloping yeah, the roof that's roof. like shaped like a diamond. Right. At, at night when it's lit up, it looks like a diamond. I wish I would remembered that when I took that trip up there. Because I, I drove right by downtown Chicago. It was the only place that I wanted to go. Yeah. When, when I went the for the first time as an adult, right. I'm like, I have to find this building <laughs> and had take a picture in front of it. <laughs> It was great. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> what year did this movie come out? It came out in 87. Oh, that's good. That's when the book came out, too. So oh. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> this was directed by one of our favorites, Chris Columbus. Yes. It was actually his directorial debut. I was doing a little reading on it. He hadn't done anything since college. In 1980, and this was his first oh, wow. time helming a movie by himself. He said he was like all nervous in the beginning when, you know, trying to deal with the lighting and cameras and stuff like that. But right. uh, I guess I guess he got into the groove because it ended up coming out pretty well. It's amazing. Who was in this movie? Who wasn't in this movie? <laughs> no, but so you have Chris, who is played by Elizabeth Shue, mm. and she's in. Several 80s classics like yes. Karate Kid, Cocktail. She's in Back to the Future 2 and 3. Yeah. Which I think in that movie, she shares the same last name as she, she is, does in this Parker. movie. Yes, yeah. Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I just have to add that she's in two 90s movies that are so random, but they are favorites of mine. Soap Dish and Heart and Souls. Have you seen either one of those? No. Don't worry. You will. When we do some nineties, oh, <laughs> when I we cover some nineties movies, wait. I can still see the cover of Soap Dish oh, sitting God. on the VHS aisle at Blockbuster and walking right by it, saying, 
I'll never watch that movie. <laughs> Until you grow up and your wife yes. <laughs> makes you watch it. <laughs> um, so Chris is the one with all of the weight on her shoulders. Is it because of the shoulder pads and her rocking jacket? Because that is such an iconic jacket. That was her granddad's jacket. Oh, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. She's the babysitter. Yeah. That's why she has all the weight on her shoulders. Funny guy. <laughs> and... We also find out that she has a Playboy model doppelganger. I wonder if they like plastered her face onto a an issue of Playboy or if they like took like racy photos of her or if there was actually a centerfold that looked like her. Well, I was looking at her at the the centerfold yeah. and I feel like she looks like her but slightly off. Okay. That would make sense. It would be funny to me. It's funnier to me that that's real. Right. You know. Well, I could be wrong, though. I mean, or maybe they just kind of fixed it where she looks a little different. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how. We should look into that, actually. Yeah, we'll have to look into it. I'm intrigued. Yeah. So then you have Brad and Sarah, played by Keith Coogan and Maya Bruton. And they're the kids that she's babysitting. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because Brad is like 15. Yeah, he's definitely not a kid. He's old enough where he shouldn't be getting babysat. Right. That's, Unless it's nowadays, because that probably runs up well, to when someone's that's, 18. That's pretty common nowadays, <laughs> but it was the 80s. Yeah. I know I was left alone with my sister plenty of times. I mean, she was eight years older than me. But anyway, so Brad is close enough in age to have a crush on Chris. Yeah. So, I mean, they have to be, he has to have been like in her school cycle somewhere, you know, right. yes. within a few grades of her anyways. Mm -hmm. And Sarah is... You know, the spunky, cool kid who is obsessed with Thor. Yes. Very obsessed. Very in a obsessed. fun way. Yes. So we have Daryl, played by Anthony Rapp. For me, most notably from Dazed and Confused. I'd for completely forgotten that he was in Dazed and Confused. Yes. And also in Rent. Uh, I've never seen Rent, so. Yes, he was amazing. So he's Brad's friend who is... As Snooky would say, a bit of an annoying. So he's also the one who introduces us to the Playboy mm -hmm. that has the Chris lookalike. Stole is... it from his dad. <laughs> he did steal it from his dad. Um, I don't know anything about that, but. <laughs> for me, that's a normal thing it's for the <laughs> 80s. It's a, I'm sure for everybody else, that's super common. <laughs> um. And the stealing of the Playboy is a big driver of the plot line. Yes. Because he loses it. He steals another one, ends up having all these important notes written in it. And that's why they get chased around downtown Chicago. Yeah. All over that magazine. So the big lesson here is don't steal your dad's Playboys. Terrible lesson. <laughs> it's a terrible lesson. <laughs> but if you do, just don't take them out of the house. Leave them in the house. If you're that's the real them. lesson. Come on. So then we have Brenda, played by Penelope Ann Miller, which we both recognize the name. But when we looked her up. There just wasn't really anything yeah. that we knew her from. Maybe award shows or something. Maybe we just recognize her from this movie and she feels <laughs> recognizable. But she's been in a lot of stuff, just yeah. not anything we've watched. Right. Anyway, so she plays Chris's best friend, the one that's having the issues in her home life. Yeah. She has the most amazing purple 80s glasses. I had a couple friends who had those same exact glasses. Yes. And she's not in the movie a lot, but she had a line that we had to go back and listen to again <laughs> because she says that she's going to spike her stepmom's tab with Drano. Yeah. <laughs> and if you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. But if you don't know, tab was Coca-Cola's first diet drink. 
Oh, that was, I didn't know that was yes. actually Coca-Cola's diet drink. I it thought was. it was a competitor. No. I remember Tab. I can remember the Tab commercials. Yes. You can see the can I know. and everything. So most of her scenes, though, other than like that initial bedroom scene, she was stranded at the bus station. Yeah. And various hijinks. Yeah, and they're pretty the funny. Bus. Yeah, they are. So then we have Mike, played by Bradley Whitford. Yes. Who's been in pretty much everything, most notably West Wing. And for us here recently, I've seen him in The Handmaid's Tale, and then he was in Get Out. That's right. He was uh, the dad in Get Out, wasn't he? Yes. And if you guys haven't seen Get Out, you need to go watch it. You need to get out and go watch. (laughs) Actually, stay in and watch it. I remember him most notably from Billy Madison. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he would do, <laughs> they they would imitate his laugh, and they'd be like, <laughs> which is, I can still see, I can still see him actually laughing like that. It was great. It's, I'll never unsee him as that character. That's great. Because he was awesome in it. So, he plays Chris's boyfriend. He's the stereotypical high school jock bully. And at the beginning of the movie, we see him pull into her driveway in his IROC Z, which is sweet. <laughs> With the license plate that says, so, so cool. cool. So you already hate him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he proceeds to ditch Chris when they're getting ready to go out to a fancy restaurant to celebrate their anniversary. Yeah. It's like the whole beginning of the movie where she's like singing and dancing in her bedroom. She's so excited getting ready. And right. then now it's like... <laughs> And she has to babysit, which we later find him at the restaurant with another girl. And I just have to say that her name is Sesame Plexer. Sesame Plexer. I don't know if it gets more 80s than that. It's amazing that that the name and the character were in it for like 30 seconds. And it's like, this is my new favorite character. Sesame Plexer. Sesame Plexer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then we have handsome john pruitt i don't know why why is he called handsome john pruitt why is he called handsome i mean maybe he gave himself that nickname i mean that's, that's how he introduces himself he does he absolutely does i was just trying to figure out when in his timeline was he handsome he because it's not been a handsome guy maybe it's a relative scale too because he's not ugly yeah he's not he's ugly. just older he's older so he's played by John Ford Noonan, who sadly passed away in 2018. Oh. Uh, he's the mechanic who sees the car broken down and stops to tow them to Dawson's garage. And he has a hook for a hand. So they're initially afraid of him because, of course, Chris has just told them a the story, story. Right. in the car about a guy with a hook for a hand. Yep. You know, it's perfect. So it's super dramatic when the hook comes out. It's like, bleep, bleep, yeah. bleep. <laughs> I wish I could remember how they described it in the book because I, I can remember it in the book being super scary as he got out of the truck. Right. I just don't remember it's how they described it. It's scary in the movie, it. too. Yeah, it, it's well done there. But he does actually want to help them. He is a good uh, dude. He is. He's Unfortunately, good... he just has a bit of relationship he's, drama. He's like Chunk in that he's very passionate. <laughs> he's, he's very, very passionate. I mean, <laughs> listen, he finds out that. Well, he knows, I think, already that his wife is cheating on him, but he gets a call from Dawson who says, you know, that someone saw the guy's car over at his house. Yeah. So he (laughs) takes off in his truck with all of the kids in tow. 
and the station wagon connected to the truck and he's flying around right. the highway. And when they get there, I mean, I think he's just going to go beat the crap out of the guy. And then I started blasting. <laughs> and you can't see it, but I've got two pistols up like Frank from It's Sunny in Philly. Sorry. It's okay. Very specific reference. So he's shooting, shooting at the guy. Indiscriminately. He, sh- he shoots Chris's mom's car. He shoots the window to the truck that the kids are in. Right. And Chris is in. Yeah. And she's like, everybody out. And they jump into another car, which happens to be like the wife's lover's car. Yes. And there's a guy in there. And this is Joe Gipp. Joe Gipp. Who's played by Calvin Levels. So they're jumping in this car to try to, you know, get away. Yeah, yeah, they just want to hide. The dude for some safety. Comes over, starts beating on the window, up pops Joe. He's like, get out of my car. Yes. And then they realize that he's in the process of stealing the car. Yeah. So they take off. And that's where he takes him to the chop shop and where Daryl steals the Playboy and all of that. Joe is actually a really nice guy. He is. He's a good dude. He's kind of in a tight situation. He gets a lot of crap for bringing these, you know, witnesses along with him. And he gets punched in the face. Yeah. And but I mean, all the way till the end, he's there along the way, like trying to keep them safe. Solid dude. Yes. So then there's Dawson, a.k.a. Thor, according to Sarah. Played by Vincent D'Onofrio. He's been in a ton of things. He had the longest run on Law & Order, Criminal Intent. But it's funny because Sarah mentions Daredevil at the beginning of the movie. And D'Onofrio actually goes on to play Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin, in Daredevil. Are you going to discuss this particular actor and your affinity for him and another said actor? (laughs) <laughs> well, I wasn't going to. You <laughs> You're love, me out. You love Vincent D'Onofrio. Well, I love Vince Vaughn. Yes, but you always my... mention Vince Vincent D'Onofrio. I do. Well, because my friend... It's like, so, I didn't even so know... silly. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> yeah, so there were... You know, it's Vince Vaughn and Vincent D'Onofrio. They actually are friendly. They've been in several movies together. But I just he's, went through a phase in my 20s. Actor. Where I was obsessed with Vince Vaughn, and my good friend was obsessed with Vincent D'Onofrio. I wonder if it's based on his role as Thor here, slash Dawson. Like when her love began for him? Maybe. Possibly. Anyway, I mean, he was was pretty, you know, good looking when he played Dawson. He's an attractive man. He is an attractive man. I mean, I can't deny that. So he plays Dawson, the mechanic who refuses to give them the car after he's fixed it because they're $5 short. I mean, $5. He seems, seems like so a petty. bit of a D-hay. Yeah. And then Sarah, who, you know, believes he's Thor, is so upset. And then she decides, you know, you're just missing your helmet. Yeah. And she goes to give him his her helmet. And that melts his heart. And so he decides that he's going to help them. And he kind of confirms that he actually is Thor. Yeah. I want to believe that he is Thor because he tells her that he, you know, he gives the helmet back and tells her that he has his own at home. Yep. I love that. In my mind, he was Thor, like reading through the book. Right. Wa- I mean, not so much watching the movie, but in the book, I really thought they ran into Thor yeah. in downtown Chicago. I love that. Well, and I mean, actually, as we were rewatching it, you even said to me, I bet he actually is Thor. Like, as <laughs> like just casually. 
It was great. <laughs> anyway, so then I guess the last character that we would talk about is Dan, who's played by George Newbern, who I know and most of the world knows as Brian McKenzie from Father of the Bride one and two. I did not. Re- I did not remember him at all. But uh, you may not have watched I've, those I've movies. Seen, no, I've seen those both of those. Oh, movies, okay. Yeah. Well, you would. You would realize. You know, you'd put two and two together if yeah. you saw him. But and also, like later on in life, I didn't realize that Brian McKenzie was on Scandal. Oh, you love Scandal. I know, and I. I mean, I. I guess I just you know he's aged, and for some reason I just didn't realize that was him he had to be pretty young there like he he was very young he was like a little baby face i was gonna say baby face is the best way to put it at that point so anyway dan is the guy that they meet at a party that they go into so that sarah can use the restroom and he ends up like connecting with chris they slow dance and when they leave he gives them the money for the car yeah oh he actually takes them to dawson's they part ways without exchanging information which Mm -hmm. i I just always think is ridiculous especially in the 80s when you don't have a way right of finding someone it's not like you can go they could be gone (laughs) you know find them on instagram you know maybe Um, now you could look them up on facebook like what was that person's name (laughs) right yeah 20 years later 20 years later oh sorry 35 40 years later (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) We're aging ourselves. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. Not sorry. (laughs) So, movie magic. He actually ends up showing up in the Anderson's driveway at the end of the movie when Chris is leaving because he found Sarah's missing skate that had her address on it. Because that's what people do with their skates is they... (laughs) Masking tape their address on. I mean, so. Sarah did. Yes. Good job, Sarah. That's very <laughs> responsible. It's like my dad. My dad would label everything he owned, but it would just say the last name. Right. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sure people would just know exactly. Yes. They go through the phone book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris tells him she's retiring from babysitting and he uses the super smooth line that it's a shame because he's looking for a babysitter. Right. It was a little creepy at the end there. <laughs> when you really like, think about it. What do you what do you need babysat? <laughs> so she says she might have to come out of retirement. <laughs> and then Sarah yells from the window, kiss her. Kiss her. You know, and Brad <laughs> watches on sadly, but also kind of happy for her. He's happy for her, but he kind of gives her a forlorn look like. Wish mm, that was me. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll get her later. Yeah. Give it a couple years. All right. So. <sighs> three favorite things from the movie. If you can narrow it down to three, what would be your three favorite? That's hard to do, but I mean, I think the music has to be number one, the opening scene with Chris dancing and lip syncing to Then He Kissed Me mm-hmm. by the Crystals is probably my favorite scene in the whole entire movie. I don't know why. I just, it's, it's I've a fun always scene. loved it. And I always have to watch if I miss it because, you know, you're going to get popcorn or something like that. No, I have to go back and rewatch it. I love it. Uh, I mean, this it has given me Shelter by the Rolling Stones, Babysitting Blues, which the is babysitting blues, you know, yes. and the Blues Club, which was amazing. The kid, Chris and the kids all performed with blues singer Albert Collins. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah. This song I couldn't get out of my head for the whole week after we watched the movie was Future in Your Eyes. And it's the song that Chris and Dan danced to at the frat party. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I love it so much. Number two, I guess it's just the fact that we'd had so much fun 
checking out the set, mm-hmm. seeing all the food and the drinks that they had in the kitchen, the way the bedrooms were decorated. That was a big one. Yes. We would like pause and check out the posters and all of that. Right. Like, Chris had a bedroom that reminded me so much of one of my friend's bedrooms around that age. Well, maybe a little younger, but she had the floral wallpaper with the posters of horses. I think yeah. my friend actually had unicorns instead of horses. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of unicorns. The painted ceramic face masks. Yeah, I feel like my sister had those yes. on the wall as well. I never had those. I have actually a few friends that had those. She also had, you caught this, that poster of Jeff Goldblum on the yeah, wall. Yeah, Jeff, like <laughs> sexy so Jeff Goldblum yes. randomly in the background. Maybe it was from The Fly or something. I don't remember Jeff Goldblum being a sex symbol. But he actually was is. like 10. So he, he is a sex symbol. I've seen quite a few people. Yeah, and Thor Ragnarok, a very attractive man as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, who can blame her? So then you had Sarah's room. Yes. Which, at first glance, you might just notice all the Thor posters. But then we started spotting some other familiar things. Mm -hmm. For me, I saw the fluffy dog up on the shelf. Okay. And it's really funny because I actually just remembered that toy a few weeks ago. I I think just from looking up toys on eBay and things like that recently, I ran across that one and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally had that toy and (laughs) put it in my cart because I had the purple one. Okay. She has the pink one. She has the pink one. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a Cabbage Patch preemie doll, Mm. Jeffrey the giraffe from Toys R Us. We love Jeffrey. (laughs) We love Jeffrey. We don't want to grow up. We don't want to grow up. We were Toys R Us kids. Yes. And still are. Um, and then one of Rainbow Bright's sprites. Is that the red thing? Is that the one of the I sprites? I think she had the red one or maybe the green. There were a couple of different colors. Okay. Uh, and then this wasn't in her bedroom or I didn't see it in her bedroom, but I just had to acknowledge the gizmo backpack. Yes. I caught that when she got out of the car. I was you like, did. is that gizmo? It made me so happy. I awesome. love gizmo. And then number three, I guess, would just be the bond that they form by the end. Yeah. I mean, the siblings are bickering and pissing each other off in the beginning. Brad is calling Thor derogatory names. Yes. Sarah. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, we don't do that. Sarah embarrasses Brad in front of Chris. Daryl's annoying everyone. Chris doesn't want to be there. And then by the end, they're all helping each other out. You see how happy Sarah is. To see Brad at the yes. hospital after they, the doctor like mistakenly told them all that he was dead. <laughs> yeah, <I forgot laughs> when he just had that. like a little stab wound to the toe. He had, he needed one stitch. <laughs> the stab wound? But she was so happy to see him. And then Brad's so concerned about Sarah when she's, you know, hanging off the side of a building. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like it's, it's a all tall building, right? It's a very tall okay. building. <laughs> I just think it's pretty spot on yeah. depicting siblings. Okay. You know, like you. F- you do come together. Think you hate each other. Right. But in the end, you know, you actually do love each other. Within and- the same 10, 10 minute span, I've pulled my sister's hair and hugged her. Right. You know, all of Was that sisters. because someone made you hug her? Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> I do love my sisters, though. They're great. Yes. So, what are your three faves? Well, I'll go back to Sarah's room because I really yes. loved that room. But there was a couple uh, different things in there that I saw. Uh, they had a set of Transformers. They actually had two sets of Transformers walkie-talkies. But they had the Optimus Prime set in there, which was <laughs> amazing. I was like, I didn't even know that existed, but I want that. Right. So, I'm going to have to see if I can find that. Uh, they also had from from Transformers an actual Soundwave cassette player. So Soundwave was 
the transformer that would launch cassette tapes out of his oh, yeah. chest. Right. So she had an actual sound wave tape player. Oh, that, would, that is you know, so cool. That would actually play real tapes, which was super cool. And she had Darth Vader's red lightsaber, which right. I never owned, but I always wanted. Uh, and I know why my mom didn't get me one, because I would have just hit everyone with it all the time. <laughs> but uh, she, she had one of those. And you need that in your life. Yes. I, I think we were recently just talking about how I do wish for like our groomsmen gifts and bridesmaids gifts that we could have just gotten everyone force FX lightsabers, <laughs> but uh, we went a different route. I understand. why. <laughs> we did have a few Star Wars touches in our wedding that we we'll did. talk about next episode. Yes. Yes. Uh, and lastly, she had a Robbie the robot in there, which was this remote control talking robot from Radio Shack which was awesome back in the day, but it was, I feel like it was, it felt like it was super expensive. Right. I never had one because of how, how expensive it I was. I don't remember that one. No, I, I, I wanted one. Was um, it kind of like Vexor? Vector, yes. Vector. Vector sorry. Uh, kind of like that, but much bigger. Yeah. And he would just kind of go around in the circle and you can make him say like, oh, no. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, they did an amazing job. It's one of those classic, like, 80s bedrooms that they yes. that they dressed really well. And back in the book, when I was reading the book and also in the movie, like the chop shop was just, I mean, it just blew my mind. The fact that they had all these really cool cars in there. They had Corvettes, Porsches, they had a, Rolls Roy a Rolls Royce and a Cadillac, which was super cool back then. Now I don't really care, but uh, <laughs> maybe a Ferrari in there somewhere. I couldn't tell. There's like a red, cool looking car, which mm -hmm. I think is a Ferrari. But then everybody's like, doing stuff in there. They're taking the cars apart. They're welding, they're cutting, there's sparks flying everywhere. So it was, a, it was a really fun scene. I really liked it. And then finally, the kitchen cleanup scene at the end. Like yes. all, all of these types of scenes from the 80s really, I mean, they just are, I feel like they're specific to that era. Maybe they still happen now and I just don't notice them. Right. It just feels very 80s-ish, you know, from a couple yes. other movies that we've watched mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, everybody's rushing around. Boom, boom, boom. The parents are coming in and, you know, they're 30 seconds away from being there and you're two minutes away from getting it done. But then they're like, oh, I got to go back to the car, get something out of the trunk. I'm like, oh, honey, where are my keys? Yes. You know, and then they, they <laughs> jump over the couch with a magazine in hand like, hey, mom. <laughs> I think that that actually happened in the the next thing that we're about to talk about oh did it really yes oh it did that's it did. right yes it that's did so but funny. uh yeah those are my three favorite things from the movie so speaking of babysitters yeah did you ever babysit or have a babysitter i did have to babysit but not a lot happened when I was the babysitter, just a lot of yelling for me in general. But <laughs> Shocking. My sister and I had a babysitter once. I think we had our younger sister at the time, at least. Might have had the two younger sisters because they're about a year apart. Mm -hmm. um, but we were terrible to this babysitter. Uh, her name was Anne. And my sister, I don't remember her all that well as far as the person Anne. Right. But my sister tells me she was a really nice person. <laughs> We just weren't very nice to her. Like we, I think we were being terrors all night, but then we got extra terrible in that we took her jacket and hid <gasps> it on her. What? But we hid it in the toilet. Because <gasps> I can still remember putting it in the toilet, <laughs> taking the plunger and jamming it down <gasps> in the toilet oh and flushing it. 
Oh, did you did the toilet overflow? Like what happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. It was one of the meanest it's one of the meanest things I can remember ever doing as a young child. Like and I can still see this jacket in the toilet. So I know for sure that we did it. Was it a nice jacket? I mean, no, it was like a vest. I, I think it was like blue with like orange stripes. Remember like orange, yellow yes, like, that would come yeah. across here and it was like a button up vest yeah. jacket thingy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we just jammed it in the toilet, flushed it uh, and then put the lid down. Did she find it? Oh, I believe she found it and later on. you got in on. trouble, I hope. I don't know that we got in trouble. She didn't tell on you? I don't think she told on us. Wow. And yeah, and, an angel. And a sweetheart. We also took my younger sister... And Tori, Tori, we we took Tori and put her on top of the dryer, (laughs) which was too high for Tori to get down from and left her there. (gasps) So then Anne was she? uh, She was probably I was six or seven. So she's three, two or three. Wow. So she couldn't get down from off there. So she was crying and Anne had to search around the house and and try (laughs) to find her. So mean. Anne's own adventures in babysitting. Poor Anne. Anne, if you're out there, I'm sorry. Oh. I apologize. Because that was mean. Poor Anne. What about you? So I don't really remember anyone other than my sister babysitting me. Mm -hmm. There were a few years where I would go over to my next door neighbor's house after school every day and their aunt would watch us all. But there's nothing exciting there. I mean, she would have Days of Our Lives on and we would drink Sunny D. <laughs> Sunny D? <laughs> yes. I don't know why I remember that we would drink Sunny D. I think just because we didn't really have that at my house. Right. It was delicious. Um, I did some babysitting, but thankfully nothing like that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about uh, running away from home? You ever do that? No. But... A fun side note, you know, in the movie when the girl like propositions Daryl yeah. and they find out that she's a runaway, yeah. she's like 16 or something, and it reminds Chris of Brenda, so they take off. That girl is actually Chris Columbus's wife, and they're still married. They have four kids. Really? Yeah. Is that where they met? That I'm not sure. Well, that's pretty uh, crazy. He, I don't know if he like cast her because they were together yeah. or if they met. That's that awesome. Set. I know. Oh, they've been married for, I mean, they've at least known each other for a long time. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That's pretty wild. I thought that wild. was just like a fun little detail. Mm-hmm. So what about you? I kind of have heard a little bit about this yes, story. Yes, I, I do have an actual runaway story. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a small one, but yeah, me and my sister, I think she was she's about three years older than me. So she was seven. I was about four. And... I'm sure this was her idea because I was too young to come up with it myself, but she decided we were running away from home to my dad. My parents were divorced, so we were running away from home to my dad's house. My dad's house was about five miles away. In her mind, it was a good idea to, she was, she rode her bike, Mm -hmm. uh, which had a wagon attached to it. And I didn't know how to ride a bike, but I did have a big wheel. So (laughs) I, I rode my big wheel. Oh my God. Uh, so we, we, we rode off through the small town that we grew up in. I can still remember going through the town up. And, and as you leave, you go up this big hill. I don't think I got much farther than going up the big hill because it, it wore me out. And that's like a mile into the trip. So oh my gosh. Heather has to, she popped me and the big wheel in her wagon 
and drove us or <laughs> biked us both the rest of the way Heather to my was dad's determined. house. She was. Oh my gosh. But sure enough, we get there and we think, hey, this is where we live now. Nope. They call my mom straight away. Mom comes, picks us up. Heather gets grounded. Aww. And I don't think I got in trouble because I was too little and right. much too cute to punish <laughs> like that. Absolutely. I just, I could just see you and your big wheel. My big wheel had like the little red and white streamers on the side. down the main road. Yeah, just big, probably big smile on my face, maybe waving to people. When we were in New York, I like the first time he would take me around and show me all of these, you know, backdrops of memories yeah. that he had shared with me. And I could not believe there was a four-year-old riding a big wheel down this road. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's the interstate, but, no, but it's 55 miles an hour absolutely. with lots of traffic. Yeah. It's the main road between these two towns. So it's definitely a spot that a kid on a big wheel should not have been for sure. Yeah. But uh, and I, I wore a huge hole in my big wheel tire and it was never the same after that. Oh. So it was ruined. Like you couldn't do any of like the, the burnouts because it had like that uh, that that lever that you you pull up on and do like a slide, and it never worked. Never worked <laughs> again after that. And I, I never got another one either. So that was my last big wheel. I'm sure you would just stare at that big wheel in the corner and think about your day that you yeah. ran away from home. Think about what I did. What I did wrong that day. <laughs> <laughs> So we decided to cover a TV show this week, and we didn't really choose to do this one first for any particular reason, other than that it just came to mind. Yeah. We both remember watching it growing up, mm -hmm. but it was all fairly blurry in our minds. But what a fun surprise, because we've spent the week watching it on CBS All Access, and we really enjoyed it. We did. And what show was it? The show was <laughs> Family Ties. I guess we should have mentioned that yes. to start. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember watching this show back then. I felt like they were really rich. <laughs> yeah. But looking back at it now, you know, they were just normal middle class Americans. I don't know why they felt so rich, but they felt really rich. Yes. Uh, and back then... It was all about Alex. That's that's all I remember about the show. Alex P. Keaton. Alex P. Keaton. I, I never noticed any of like the political leanings or the lessons they were trying to teach mm -hmm. uh, to anybody. But even if they weren't rich, they do have a nice house. They did. And I still do like Alex. <laughs> we laughed a lot. We did. It's a it's a really funny show. Uh, and so this was created by Gary David Goldberg. Right, and he also did Spin City which Michael J. Fox started in from 96 to 2002. Yeah, which I also watched and really enjoyed Spin City. I didn't watch Spin City. No? No. Uh, I this, don't know why. You know, that's crazy to me. It was such a big show, but maybe mm -hmm. we can do that one at some point. This one aired from September of 82 all the way to May of 89, which was a good run that's for That's a show. long span, yeah. Yeah. So when it started, I was three... Yeah, and I was six. Right. So that's probably why we don't remember it that clearly. <laughs> yeah, for real. So this show is about a couple who are college sweethearts and former hippies, which they show us in the intro or the original intro to season one. Anyways, I think it changed. Right. Stephen and Elise Keaton, who are played by Michael Gross and Meredith Baxter Burney. Who, fun fact, actually have the same exact birthday. That is crazy. Date and year. That's wild. I know. So you have this liberal couple who live in Ohio, raising three kids, Alex, played by Michael J. Fox, who is a super conservative Republican 
and is always thinking of some way to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Mallory, played by Justine Bateman, who was kind of a ditzy girl, very focused on boys and fashion. Mm-hmm. And then you have the youngest uh, sister in the beginning anyways. Uh, well, you have the youngest sibling, I should say. Right. Uh, Jennifer, who is played by Tina Yothers, uh, who you basically just watch grow up on the show. She starts yeah, out crazy. as a precocious little nine-year-old. And as she gets older, we see her go through the different phases of being a, a teenager uh, and, you know, the various forms that takes for her. Later on, the parents have a baby, Andy, who is played by twins Garrett and Tyler Merriman. And then later by Brian Bonsall. The family adores little Andy and Alex attempts to mold him into basically mini me. Yes. You know, he wants a small Republican businessman (laughs) at three and puts various clothes on him with the ties. And I think he even has a briefcase. So it's awesome. It's so cute. Uh, Side character wise, uh, you have Ellen, uh, who was played by Tracy Paulin, who incidentally later married Michael J. Fox. Yeah. And they're still married still today. Still married, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they got married in the 90s. Yeah, I didn't see the date on that, but that's probably right. Okay. Uh, she's Alex's feminist art artist girlfriend. So a complete and polar opposite a Democrat. Right. Uh, you know, but maybe opposites attract. It's fine. <laughs> they break up on the show uh, when Ellen goes to Paris for when she gets a dance scholarship. So. Right. That ends their show relationship, but it continued on in real life. I have to say, I actually, now that you mention it, mm-hmm. I think that they got married before the show ended. Oh, did they? I thought maybe it was in the 80s. Yes. And I was like, would they have gotten married? I think they did. Because we were talking about how they didn't actually start dating until she had left the show. Yeah. Because I think he even dated Courtney Cox later yes. on. But yes, he did. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw the date and it was like 88 or 89, something like that. Yeah. Where they were still doing the show at the time. I have to say a small shout out to one of the only scenes that I actually remember watching as a child. Okay. Which was when they were at the train station because she was going to leave and go marry her boyfriend. Very dramatic. And they play at this moment, which is probably the song that everybody thinks of when they think of Family Ties. Right. It, you know, it was all dramatic because we had seen them dancing to it earlier. It's just such a great TV moment. In my mind, though, I thought that that was like the series finale or something. (laughs) You know, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't really know where it was in time. But And that's where she was going to get married, right? Right. And it was just something that is so (laughs) absurd to think about now. Because it was like this boyfriend that she didn't even really care for. And she was annoyed by... Yeah. She's like, well, if Alex shows up, I won't marry this guy. But if Alex doesn't show up, then I'll, I'll marry him. I'm like, well, that's commitment for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, man. so then you have uh, a recurring character, Skippy. Yes. Who was played by Mark Price. He was the nerdy neighbor who literally always come around. Uh, he, had a, he had a crush on Mallory and he was always looking to eat their food. So actually, you know, uh, I think we all know somebody like that. Yes. It's a good character. Uh, And then there was a, a, I had kind of forgotten about this character, but watching it back, Nick, who was played by Scott Valentine, was Mallory's boyfriend for seasons four to seven. And it reminded me that they kept trying to launch Nick 
spinoffs of that like character. That's so funny. I don't remember that at all. And I, I can't recall. I, I, I think there was like a movie and or a separate or maybe two separate TV shows that they tried him in. And I, I don't think they, they worked, but he was a huge hit on the show. I remember Girls really like, yes. Yeah. I, well, well I, I, I think he was a fun character he was like too. A cool, yeah. Well, he was like, you saw certain episodes that we watched like that. He's a, actually a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny because Wikipedia describes him as Sylvester Stallone-esque. But to me, he's like the 80s RDJ, Robert Downey Jr., Rob Lowe, and George Clooney combined. Just not as hot. I feel like the... the like them, them at that age is right. what I mean. He was supposed to be like, because he would come in and he'd be like, hey, or, right. oh, you know, that kind yeah. of thing, which was Sylvester Stallone-ish. Yeah. But I see what you're saying, though, from like an actual character standpoint. He is like... He just the has that vibe of, those. of like yeah. Clooney on Facts of Life right. and stuff like that. And then you have Lauren played by Courtney Cox, pre-friends, of course, mm -hmm. who was Alex's girlfriend in season six and seven. Who dated Michael J. Fox. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but we already know that. Right. Sorry. Thanks to the spoilers that we received. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel an honorable mention should go to Jennifer's friend, Chrissy. Yeah. Who we only actually see in two episodes where they're trying to Get in with a popular crowd, mm -hmm. Stacy and her friends. Right. Of course, the popular girl is Stacy. <laughs> they always and she's do mean. that. Oh, but I'm not mean. <laughs> You're not mean. And I wasn't that popular either. Oh. But Jennifer is always, always going over going to Chrissy's, over to Chrissy's house, house, even if it's before school. To have breakfast. Midnight. It doesn't matter when it is. Was this a thing that I <laughs> just wasn't going aware to Chrissy's of? Chrissy's house. I, did I mean, friends maybe, go to friends' house during yeah, I mean, on a school day? I mean, I would go over to my neighbor's houses. Maybe Chrissy for was breakfast. a neighbor. No, not really for breakfast. I mean, unless I was like riding to school with them or something, maybe. But they just always had her leaving and she was always going to Chrissy's. Yeah. Then they were always like, Jennifer, where are you going? I'm going to, going Chrissy's. to Chrissy's house. Duh. I'm going to have breakfast at 6 a.m. at Chrissy's house. <laughs> I got up early and did my hair and makeup. And but now I'm going to go over there and eat toast. <laughs> But I was excited to finally get to see her. <laughs> yes, it was exciting <laughs> to finally get to see Chrissy. So what were your three standouts from the show? I love their kitchen. I love that you love their kitchen it's, so much. It's so iconic to me. I just love the entire layout. I love that griddle stove combo. Like, I wish I had one of those. Yeah. How they had, like, the island uh, and how everything was decorated. They had their, you know, very long corded phone that yes. you know, they would take their voice or they would write down messages for mm -hmm. them. Uh, and they were always having some kind of delicious snack, either a meal or they'd be in there just conversating. You know, yeah, there were be a lot with of Alex. kitchen scenes. Yeah. And they just start eating ice cream. I was like, well, I really want some ice cream right now. Even but the was, final scene of the show was yeah, in the kitchen. It was. So I, I really love the kitchen. And I mean, this is an easy one, but I did really like, or I do, but I did back then really like Michael J. Fox. Yep. You know, he, he had a, a character nailed down, <laughs> you know, for sure that Alex P. Keaton character spilled right over into the secret of my success. Essentially, that movie could have been the continuation of the show if you just replace yes. the parents, you know? It's so true. And I, the secret of my success was not a movie that I watched as a kid, which yeah. I don't know how I missed it, but, you know, because I saw I everything else he was in. Right. But I watched it for the first time with you because yeah. it, you had said it was one of your favorite 80s movies. And it, especially 
rewatching it because because we did a little bit the other night. Yeah, we didn't finish it, but um, it it felt like the continuation because yeah, we watched it after character. we finished the show. Right. Brantley. Kind of funny. <laughs> the greatest name ever, Brantley. Brantley. <laughs> but yeah, he was huge with, with family ties, Secret of My Success. And then those, like, Secret of My Success wasn't even his biggest movie. He had Teen Wolf. Yes. He had Back to the Future, you yes. know. And while those were a little bit different characters, he essentially played them very similarly. Mm-hmm. You know, so he just had a real good character worked out where he was always fun. He felt a little bit like the male version of, you know, America's sweetheart in yes, the 80s. He was for sure. Even though he kind of played at least on Family Ties and The Secret of My Success kind of He was kind of a D-head. <laughs> he was a little And I don't know I don't know the word to he say. He really annoyed but. me with his shirt and tie and his briefcase. I hate it. Well, that's because you hate dressing Thanks. up. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> He hates dressing up. I I do hate dressing up because I was forced to every day of my life for, well, except for Saturdays. That's why Saturday is my favorite day. Just like everybody has their own reason why Saturday is their favorite. I could wear shorts and a t-shirt finally. Right. But anyways, and Jennifer, the, the character of Jennifer and just her whole arc and how you watch her grow up and see her, you know, how she changes. And she's like the center of the show to me like she's she's the normal part of the show the voice of reason she is the voice of reason other than even when she's like nine right even when she's nine she's that sensible voice she's the adult of the entire family as far as the character goes other than the the two episodes with chrissy where she's trying to get into the cool crowd and all of a sudden you know she's not the (laughs) she's not the adult of the show uh and she was always funny you know, she was always ripping on Alex and getting one up on him. She was always smarter than Alex, even though Alex was convinced he was the smarter one. Mm-hmm. So it was it was fun, you know, the interplay between those two characters. Uh, but yeah, that that's what I would say were my three faves. What about you? Well, so some of these things I loved and didn't love about the show. Some of them were the things that Alex said. They were a little jarring to me and Mm -hmm. pretty problematic. Like it blew my mind because I always thought of him as being, like I said, America's sweetheart, this lovable character, a household Mm -hmm. name. But I guess that was more Michael J. Fox than it was the character. What I liked was the fact that it seemed like everyone was always challenging him to look at things differently. Um, or they would point out how something that he said wasn't nice, you know. It, it and wasn't a simple show. It really wasn't. No, it wasn't you know, at all. That's what it seems like it would have been just a simple sitcom. But it did have like a lot of layers where you, you have this viewpoint from Alex that would come up. And then it would kind of part of the episode would just deal with the viewpoints attached to that. Alex's viewpoint, the parents viewpoint, the kids viewpoints. And it, it was and usually with humor wrapped around it, which is uh, right. I feel like a good way to approach that stuff. He would say a lot of like sexist mm-hmm. things. And, you know, obviously he was aligned differently you sure. know, politically. politically from his family. Right. And that's, you know, up to <laughs> your, a person's preference of sure. whether they think that's good or bad or yeah. whatever. But, you know, the episodes would always end with. Alex apologizing (laughs) and seeming to learn from his mistakes until the next episode. Yes. And then he'd have a different issue. Right. So I also loved the fact that Elise was a working woman. 
But it was interesting how so many episodes, especially in the beginning, Mm -hmm. the first couple of seasons, were around how she wasn't being present for her family. She was failing her family. Um, The storyline kind of faded in the background once she had Andy, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, she still worked, but they just didn't talk about that as much. Yeah, it wasn't a focus. At least not in the episodes that we saw. And we have to confess that we didn't have enough time, unfortunately, to watch every single episode because, I mean, they are like... One of those seasons had like 30 episodes. Yeah, they were on average 25 episodes per season. And we were actually kind of bummed to not be able to just sit and binge the whole thing. But we were like, we will never be able to cover this. We started to do do that with season one. We're like, we we can't do this. We got to like episode six. And we're like, "Um, this is going to take a real long time. But I'm a little bummed (laughs) that we didn't get to see all the story in between. Because I'm just like, what did Skippy do? Right. (laughs) But it seemed a little bit like they were kind of shaming her for going back to work and and things like that. Yeah. But I thought it was nice that they showed that she, you know, was still going to do that. Yeah. And that they were having to deal with her figuring out a work-life balance, just right. like everybody has Absolutely. to do. You know, she was invested really heavily in that job and wanting to show that she could still do it. Mm-hmm. And the family suffered at that point. And they were all trying to contribute and help her. Everybody was trying to participate to make things easy. It just it didn't work out in the end. It was a good episode. It was. I also really liked the fact that, you know, Mallory did play that ditzy character, mm-hmm. but her character did grow and it would show that she was determined to learn and succeed. And yeah. You know, she had uh, some of the best one-liners on the show. Yeah. I think she's definitely my favorite because Mm -hmm. she always was making me laugh. And I just loved her facial expressions. Yes. And I also loved seeing what she was going to wear and, (laughs) you know, how she had her hair that episode. Right. It was great. And I also, you know, I think this is probably a fave for most of them. I just love the nostalgia. Mm -hmm. You know, we paid so much attention to how everything was decorated and how often things would change. Like on the fireplace mantle, we were like, hey, they already changed that. And it was like, from one episode to the next, right. they would change out pictures and the picture frames and stuff like that. I also loved when they would sit together and go through slides. Oh, the, the projector. slide. Yeah, the slide projector was awesome. Yes. And this was, a, you know, especially cool for me to see because my entire childhood used to be on slides. Right. Same here. So my dad, yeah, my dad loved taking pictures and we didn't get those photos developed or digitized until after he had passed away. Oh, wow. But... I loved going through those slides. Like it was just so magical to me because, you know, we were like in the basement and you turn the lights out and right. have this. I don't know. It the was or- just- yeah, it's like the original slideshow. I didn't even really think about that. Like it's an, a ri- the original literal yes. physical slide show as it would go through and and do the next one be on that big circular thing that would be full. of Yes. Slides. Yep. Yeah. Those are I awesome. still remember the sound of yeah. it. And I would get the slides and hold them up to the light just so I could see what they were. And actually the other day when I was going through boxes looking for photos, I found a few slides that are pictures of me, like with my dad, one with my dad, one with my mom. And I don't have the physical picture of that. Oh, wow. So I need to figure out how to get those. So it was also funny because Jennifer had the same Rick Springfield poster on her wall that my sister had. Like I had to pause. Yes. I had to pause and immediately take a picture of the screen to send to my sister or my mom. Yeah. And then, like, compare it with the picture that I had found of just, like, my friend and I in my sister's room with that poster in yeah. the background. It just made me laugh. I love <laughs> it so much. 
And nothing's more eighties than Rick Springfield. <laughs> we need to get my sister on here at yeah. some point to Although, I mean, he's still, discuss Rick Springfield. He's well, still touring and still looks pretty good. Wasn't he just on like Supernatural? He was on Supernatural a couple well, couple seasons ago. Yeah, I think it was quite a few seasons ago now. Oh, was but it? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. But he's been in a lot of things. He yeah. was in Californication. I mean, he's still touring. Oh, nice. Oh, that's right. Your sister went to go see him. You I went to go that. see him with her. Yeah. It was great. At one point, there was a scene where Jennifer and Alex are using dolls to explain something to Andy. Yeah. And Jennifer is using the mom from the Hart family dolls. Yeah. Which brought back a ton of memories. Uh, and then there's an episode where Alex and Mallory are having a party. And they're like bribing Jennifer not to tell. And she's like hanging it over their heads the yeah. whole time, which just cracked me up because there, <laughs> there were definitely moments like that growing up for me. My sister was eight and a half years older than me. Right. You know, she graduated high school when I was in the third grade. So there would be a few times that my parents would go out of town and, you know, or, or she would just even have boys over or something. And I would, I was threatened. <laughs> would she throw some 80s <laughs> ragers? I mean, not she, to the level of like had them. She did. Okay. For sure. But yeah. not a ton where like I was there, you know, right. where it was like a big danger or anything like that. But I still, I, I probably heard this uh, or portions of this story within the last month from my dad about the party that my sister threw like that. I mean, it was yeah. in the eighties. Uh -huh. It was her probably high school friends at that time early. I think she might've been in ninth grade or 10th grade Yeah, through this huge party. Where they destroyed my dad's house, essentially, like holes, multiple holes in the wall. They stole his records and his CDs like they trashed his house. That's there was awful. beer cans, bottles. Oh, my God. He, he was finding bottle caps for a couple of years with it. I do remember I only had one party mm -hmm. when I was in high school, which, you know, was in the 90s. But that's the one thing I remember the next day going around the yard, picking up bottle caps and yeah. cigarette butts and like. I didn't even drink or smoke. Right. <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, I think I had like a sip of something. I was a good girl back then. Like we said before, the show was surprisingly easy and enjoyable to watch. Like, it was. I think we both felt that way. Like this show is cracking us up now. And so that, that just goes to show like how timeless some of these issues are that are in there. Right. And how well it was written, acted, all of that, you know, well, just a great production. I think that. Everyone can relate to having someone in your family or someone that you're close to that you are polar opposite from yeah, right. in your beliefs, your political leanings, things like that. And like trying to navigate that yeah, is really complicated. And I can't imagine having that situation under your roof. Right. You know, with yeah. your own child or yeah. your own parents, you know, like it's at least as an adult that you know, has moved on and you've created your own family, you know, it's a little easier to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, along with that, I mean, the, the way it was written, the jokes, the way they, the, they were put forth and the acting and all that, everything was really just top notch. It was, it was a fun show to go back to. So I'd say for sure, it's a recommend, like, go check it out. Also, we really loved the theme song. Yes. We would sing the whole song every time. Yes. And then... At the end, it where it goes, sha na na na. Yeah, I put and in my own ending of family ties. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he later on he'd be like, "Hey, are you ready to watch 
family ties. <laughs> oh um, okay, so the dolls you were mentioning a minute ago. Yes. Tell me about those. I feel like those are special to you. Well, yeah, it's funny because the Hart family dolls, I have them right here. Yeah. I only have right now the mom and the little girl. They have matching outfits and, you know, I only have the two, but you can buy them together in a set with the dad and the oh, little with, boy. Uh, with, is it Ken still or did they rename them? Well, they're they're meant to be friends of Barbie. Oh, okay. So, so this isn't not, Barbie and it's Ken. It's not Barbie and Ken. What are their it's, names again? It's the Hart family. They don't have first names. Mom Hart, Papa Hart, baby da- Hart. Yeah, it's dad and mom and babies. Oh, okay. And the babies are twins, boy, a boy and a girl. Could you get this whole... So the, on the back of it, it shows mom and dad Hart over... What is that? That's like a, a changing crib. table. Oh, it's over a crib. Okay. There's a high chair. They had so many accessories. Did they sell rocking all these chairs. Yes. Wow. I actually have a photo of myself opening the nursery. You got the nursery? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And actually, they had some things that I didn't even realize that they had. So they had like a Christmas morning one. They had a Disneyland set that even comes with this wind up Dumbo ride. Like the Hart family. Yes. Like I want it now. Actually, (laughs) I didn't I didn't know that it existed. They had a ton of different outfits and accessories. And then they had a lot of dolls of different ethnicities, too. And then at one point, they even had a new baby. So then the twins had to deal with that. Oh, wow. <laughs> family grew. Yeah. This is, family I feel grew. like this was like a whole spinoff thing for them. It was. Like it's a whole nother line of toys. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. And I loved them. I I think that they even had like maybe briefly. I don't know if they had a cartoon. I, I know that I had like coloring books mm-hmm. and stuff of them as well. Wow. And I just really loved them. So I was excited. This was one of the first purchases that I made. Yeah, it was. Wasn't after it? Barbie and the Rockers. Like, that was like I, the Hart family. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, what he that had is. no idea. But then I told some of my girlfriends and they were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that is crazy. <laughs> well, mine feels super low effort now. It's just Optimus Prime. Just. Ooh, it's, now, I will admit, I never had. Optimus Prime growing up. That's surprising. I don't know why. Like, I'm sh- I'm sure he was on every single list for seven years mm-hmm. that it would make inside of my JCPenney's catalog. Right. But for some reason, I never got him. But I always played with my friend's toys that did have him. Yeah. So I played with this toy or this is a this is a re-release of it. I'm, I'm holding the box right now of Optimus Prime that I got from China that is not a knockoff, I don't think. <laughs> if it is a knockoff, well done, because it looks amazing. And I've debated on opening it because I've never opened and or played with my very own Optimus Prime. But so you're not going to go with your typical buy one to play with? and I one couldn't get two of these. Oh. There wasn't two for sale. They're, they were rare-ish. This isn't the original one from the 80s. This is the re-release, but from like 2002 or something. So it's still rare and I got it for a decent price, but... Well, maybe you should just get like a current one that's easy to get that you can actually open and... They don't have him in this form. Oh, okay. Oh, they've like really changed him now? Yeah. So it's hard. This is a challenge on whether or not I open it. So if we do open it, or if I do open it, maybe we'll have an episode where I talk through changing. Because look at it. He starts as a truck. (laughs) <laughs> and then you can take him all the way through yes. until he's Optimus Prime. And then he's got his trailer back here. He's got a, a robot. Uh, I can't remember his name in the trailer. See, he's back here. He's got this little guy. See, this reminds me. 
I'll have to see if I can find a photo of my friend Josh, who's no longer with us, but he was amazing at creating his own Halloween costumes. Costumes, yeah. And one of my favorites, and he won like huge costume contests in like downtown Orlando. It was Optimus Prime. It was was, amazing. It lit up. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he was already super tall. Like, I mean, I think six, five or maybe even taller than that. Was it actual metal? Did you get to touch it? Did you see him in it or just photos? I think I did not get to actually see him in person. It looked like it was metal. It looked like he went and cut it out of metal. I feel like it was maybe plastic that was painted, but I could be wrong. I'll have to double check on that. Either way, he did an amazing job because if he made the plastic look like metal, it looked like metal. Like it looked like stamped steel. Right. Uh, So, I mean, it looked crazy. It was awesome. I know my friend Summer was with him at the time and the next morning like i think she couldn't talk because they were screaming <laughs> at the contest so much so for him because he well be just i think because he did win they right. were so excited oh, that's awesome it was really that's cool great. well i think that's it that uh does that wrap this episode up that wraps it up well thank you all for being with us on the we don't want to grow up podcast and thank you for listening we'll talk to you soon bye wait don't leave yet we forgot to tell you how to reach us. If you want to send us recap requests or share your own nostalgic photos and stories, email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com or go to our website at we don't want to grow up.com. You can follow us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod where we'll share pictures of the toys that we talk about or from the stories that we share and some other fun stuff that we've been working on. You can join our Facebook group at We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. And you can head to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up if you want to help support the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please, please, please be kind. And rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Or just be kind.